minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to school, back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Yeah. Uh-huh. 
رایش آمد بیار یهودا بحوه خودتایس یروشالاییم ای رایش آمد بیار یهودا بحوه خودتایس Yerushalayim
J.M. and the A.M. on a Monday morning. It's the 19th of January, day 28 in the month of Teves. Tomorrow is uh, Erev Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh, the one-day Rosh Chodesh begins tomorrow night. Today's Martin Luther King Day, legal holiday here in the U.S. Some folks are off. Others are not. Whether you're on a regular schedule or not, I thank you for tuning in to J.M. and the A.M. And if this is, in fact, a back-to-school, back-to-work edition for you, thanks for starting your school and work day with us, it's Monday morning with 37 degrees outside, 85% humidity, winds are west at 6 miles per hour, mostly sunny with a high temperature of 43, then tonight mostly clear, low of 29. Tomorrow partly cloudy and a high temperature of 40 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 52, we're at 37 degrees here on a Monday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. Want to thank, uh, I want to thank Avrami for hosting a great edition of Saturday Night Seagull this past Saturday night. I want to thank Matis, who had another stellar um, interview on the air uh, yesterday and presented a great JM Sunday, which he does between 7 and 9 a.m. every single Sunday morning for us here at JM in the AM. Cannot um, cannot open the show without uh, acknowledging the terribly tragic news we heard yesterday of Rabbi David Winniars' passing. Um, not sure what to say. If you read about uh, the effect he had on so many and how amazing he and his family are, and there's so much being written about. Uh, on the web at this point, uh, you'll get, if you, if you didn't know him, and I had the privilege of knowing him, and I have had the, um, privilege of being associated with the Winniars family for many, many decades. Um, going back to, uh, spending a lot of time with his brothers many, many years ago. Uh, if you, uh, if you read anything, uh, on the web, you'll see how people are paying tribute to a man that was not just an amazing family man, but somebody who really regarded every Jewish person as his own family. And that may just sum it all up. A terrible loss, great tragedy. I don't know what to say that could possibly console his family at this time. The um, Levaya, the funeral, is scheduled for, uh, according to the latest that we saw, 9.30 this morning at the Young Israel of Staten Island. And again, our condolences to the entire Winniars family. From all of us here at JM in the AM, it was a, a piece of news that just, uh, it is obvious how people from uh, close by, from far and wide, from around the world, it's obvious if you just followed uh, the reaction in so many different places on the web, uh, it is obvious that his, uh, that the, that the loss is going to be a, a tremendous one and they had an amazing Impact on so many people in the Jewish world. Monday morning broadcast at JM and the AM with 37 degrees and mostly sunny weather coming up later on. For many, it's Yeshiva week, or I should say Yeshiva break week. 
I want to thank those who've uh, traveled during this week and nonetheless have made sure to bring along the NSN, Nahum Segal Network app, so that our programming is accessible for you no matter where you are. Much appreciated. David Lowy and A.B. Rottenberg together with Meheira. You heard the Weinrib brothers with the Hine Kumzitz. Aryeh Kunzler and Az Yashir Rachem done by Avremel Avram Fried. Eitan Katz with Hatov. You heard Come Back done by the Moshav Band. Shlomo Simcha and Hine Kel. Hine Kel done by Accept Saturday. Yechad Sheyu, that's Yoeli Greenfeld. Ma'asach Hashem is Mayor Sherman, of course, our Monday morning theme song. Regesh with Modani opening things up as we say good morning. It's a jam in the AM Monday. Have you seen this? <laughs> there was a commercial that is, um, I guess, emblematic of what's happening in the campaign in Israel. A commercial for Likud that has been making the rounds uh, in the social media atmosphere. And that would be I'm t- that would be an amazing study to analyze the general type, if there is such a thing, of campaign commercials in the U.S. and the general type of cam- campaign commercials in Israel. And I don't even know if this one that I saw, with the BB being a, a kindergarten teacher, I don't even know if uh, if that is emblematic. Maybe it's an exception, but I have a feeling it is emblematic. <laughs> And um, as we get closer and closer to this election, we're now less than two months away. It's scheduled for March 17th. There will be plenty to say regarding this um, this upcoming election, and I mean plenty. And um, we'll continue to do so here at JM in the AM. Kosher halftime show has started to um, make its impact out there now that uh, we know that there are three things or three elements necessary for Super Bowl Sunday, and they are all set at this point. Uh, one is the Seattle Seahawks, one is the New England Patriots, and the third is a Soul Farm. Soul Farm has been announced as the featured group, the amazing act that will be featured in our Kosher Halftime Show, a tradition that we started last year. I want to thank all the sponsors. I want to thank everybody who's been involved. Uh, the final touches are being put on that uh, amazing plan for the big show, Soul Farm for the Kosher Halftime Show. And uh, obviously it'll be accessible and available to everybody starting at some point to be determined on uh, Super Bowl Sunday. So keep that in mind. All the elements are now in place, and we're very excited that Soul Farm, Sealandsbaum, Noah Solomon and Company, are going to be the uh, featured entertainers that will be uh, performing in what we refer to as the Kosher Halftime Show. JM and the AM Monday, we'll go to our news from Israel coming up and plenty more here on this Monday. Rabbi Ephraim Buchwald is scheduled to join us. Enjap, I believe, has a dinner coming up. We'll talk about that at some point this morning, I believe in the 8 o'clock hour. Rumors that Yehuda Green might be here tomorrow. If we get confirmation, we'll let you know. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Monday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM and the AM.
גלי צהל השעה שתיים, כאן שיבל כרמי מנסור עם מה שקורה עכשיו. גנרל איראני נהרג בתקיפה המיוחסת לישראל בגולן אתמול. כך מדווחים כעת כלי התקשורת בטהרן. כתבנו ג'קי חוגי. סוכנות הידיעות האיראנית פארס מדווחת כי הקצין הבכיר הוא איש משמרות המהפכה, ושמו מוחמד אלעד, עדי. על פי דיווח נוסף, בסך הכל נהרגו שישה איראנים בתקיפה אתמול, ויחד עם ששת הרוגי חיזבאללה מגיע מניינם הכולל ל-12. ראש הממשלה נתניהו לא התייחס היום ישירות לתקיפה, אך אמר בפגישה עם ראש ממשלת יפן שישראל תעמוד על זכותה להגן על עצמה. אנחנו מעוניינים בשלום עם שכנינו, אבל באזור הזה שלום וביטחון אחד הם, אמר נתניהו והוסיף, אם לא נוכל להגן על ביטחוננו מפני מי שתוקף אותנו, לא יהיה שלום. את הדברים הביא כתבנו יותם ברגר. מקורבי מופז מאשימים את ציפי לבני בטרפוד צירופו למחנה הציוני. כתבנו עידו בן בג'י. לבני לא רצתה את מופז ברשימה המשותפת ולכן לחצה על הרצוג להשאיר אותו בחוץ. מאשימים היום מקורבי מופז ומוסיפים. הרצוג נכנע לה והציע למופז אתמול רק את המקום ה-20 ברשימה. מנגד במחנה הציוני אומרים, מופז הציב דרישות לא סבירות ודרש שמלבדו ישוריין במקום ריאלי מועמד נוסף מטעם קדימה. אחרי כישלון המגעים עם מופז גוברים הסיכויים שאלוף במילואים עמוס ידלין יצטרף למחנה הציוני, לא ברור עדיין אם הוא ישוריין ברשימה או שיהיה מועמד חיצוני לתפקיד שר הביטחון. יצחק אבירן, שהיה שגריר ישראל בארגנטינה בזמן הפיגוע בשנת 1994, אומר לגל"צ, אני בטוח שרצחו את התובע אלברטו ניסמן. אין לי שום ספק שהאיש חוסל. אני לא יכול לתאר לעצמי שמישהו שמגיע היום כדי להעיד, הוא יתאבד. לאור כל הניסיון הזה של טשטוש, וכשהאיש הזה בא ואומר, אני, יש לי את כל ההוכחות ואני הולך להעיד, הוא חוסל, ולכן כל הנושא הזה שכאילו לומר האיש יתאבד זה נראה לי עוברה פרה ראש עיר בגוש דן נחקר כעת במשרדי להב 433 בעקבות תלונה שהוגשה נגדו על מעשה מגונה בעובדת. כתבתנו הדס שטייף מוסרת שהוא מכחיש את המיוחס לו. התחזית מחר עוד עלייה בטמפרטורות, ולסיום בצהריים מושקעה רשת מרכולים חדשה שתנסה להוריד את יוקר המחיה ברחבי הארץ באמצעות שיתוף פעולה עם יצרנים קטנים ויבוא מקביל. כתבנו ישי שנר מוסר שהסניף הראשון יוקם ברעננה. בעלי הרשת אירי שחר שוחח עם יעל דן. באופן עקרוני יש לנו מוצר אחד בכל דבר ואין מוצר מקביל לו. בתמורה אני מקבל את המחיר הכי טוב ואני מגלגל אותו ישירות לצרכנים. כל מה שמעניין אותי כרגע זה להוזיל את סל הצריכה שבעשור האחרון התפרע והשתולל ותפס פערים לא סבירים אל מול שאר מדינות העולם, בוודאי בעולם המערבי. אלה החדשות שעורך הדר שיפר.
JM in the AM. Ari Boyanju, the Tal Naros Bavel here on AJM in the AM Monday. Heading back to school, back to work for those who have it today on this Martin Luther King Day here in the United States. Mostly sunny, high 43. Tomorrow is Erev Rosh Chodesh. The one-day Rosh Chodesh will be on Wednesday. Tu Bishvat is very close by. That's right. Tu Bishvat is a, uh, is a great day here at JM in the AM, and it's two weeks from Wednesday. Two weeks from Wednesday, we'll be celebrating Tu Bishvat together. i got to make sure Mayor Weingarten is at the top of his game, which he always is, so I don't have to really be concerned. He will... Uh, get a major assist. Well, I, I'm putting it in sports terms now. He will be, he'll give a major assist to us here at JM in the AM with the Tubishvat special. Today, Mayor is on starting at 9 a.m. on the next live edition of the Israel Show. There'll be follow-up on the Paris attacks. French Prime Minister regrets not confronting anti-Semitism earlier. You'll hear his confession. The Israel Show will make the case that President Obama and the American media are employing a dangerous political correctness when discussing the Islamist threat. Hasbara highlights our Israeli settlements, the barrier to peace. You won't believe who makes the case, none other than Harvard professor Alan Dershowitz, plus the great Israeli music mix. Tune in right after JM in the AM, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, and don't forget to like the Israel Show Facebook page and to join in so you can see everything that the mayor posts uh, throughout the show and throughout the day. JM in the AM, Monday, a... um, a look at what happened yesterday in Syria. Now we know more about what happened yesterday in Syria. The airstrike attributed in foreign media reports to Israel, which killed six Hezbollah agents in Syria on Sunday, also killed six Iranian soldiers, including commanders. AFP quoted a source close to Hezbollah as saying on Monday, the Israeli strike, according to the source, killed six Iranian soldiers including commanders, as well as the six members of Hezbollah. They were all in a convoy of three cars. An Iranian semi-official news site reported that an Iranian Revolutionary Guard general was among those killed in the strike. Following the Zionist aggressions against the resistance in Syria, General Mohammed al-Adadi, a former commander of the Sarla Brigade of the Revolutionary Guard, was martyred along with Jihad Muginella and three others in the same car, the Dana News website said, referring to the son of Hezbollah's late military leader, Imad Mugnia. According to reports in Hezbollah-affiliated media, two Israeli Air Force helicopters fired missiles at a target in the Syrian Golan, killing a number of Hezbollah operatives, including Mugnia. Western intelligence sources said Mugania headed a large-scale terrorist cell that enjoyed direct Iranian sponsorship and a direct link to Hezbollah. The cell had already targeted Israel in the past, launching attacks on the Golan Heights. Iranian Foreign Minister Mohammad Javad Zarif told state media that Israel's reported attack on the Golan Heights was an act of terror. We condemn all actions of the Zionist regime as well as all acts of terror, Zarif told Press TV on Monday. Israeli attacks on Hezbollah has been a practice followed for a very long time. The policy of state terrorism is a known policy of the Zionist regime. Iran is Hezbollah's primary financial and military supporter. Both countries are aiding Syrian President Bashar Assad in his struggle to keep power against the coalition of Sunni opposition militias and Islamist radicals. Very interesting. 
So uh, we heard this uh, in terms of the um, six Iranian, in terms of the uh, six um, members of Hezbollah that were taken out. Now it seems Iranian soldiers were also part of that convoy that was taken out allegedly by Israel. And uh, the enemy has uh, has sworn revenge. They have already declared that there will be revenge. We'll see what happens as we pray for the safety and security of the IDF forces and all the all the um, all the military forces that represent good around the world, including that of the United States of America. 37 degrees, mostly sunny, a high temperature of 43. Monday morning broadcast at 20 minutes after 7 o'clock uh, here at JM in the AM. Yeshiva League sports update tomorrow, and I must commend Elliot Weiselberg, who last night again put together an amazing show. This is not even a heavy sports week in the Yeshiva League, as you know. It's not a heavy sports week at all. And uh, he put together an amazing show last evening uh, talking about playoff possibilities and everything that's happening in the Yeshiva League. Uh, the kids are having a lot of fun with this, and uh, we're glad to provide it. Court report every single Sunday night, and, of course, the Yeshiva League sports update coming at you Tuesday, tomorrow morning, right here at JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. at Shalshelis with Ashray Ish here on a Monday morning. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening into our musical and uh, otherwise presentation every single weekday morning. It's much appreciated. Hope you're hope you had an opportunity to check out some of our weekend programming, including Avrami's Saturday Night Seagull this past Saturday night, uh, including Matis yesterday with J.M. Sunday, another great addition. And I thank you for doing so. Big welcome to those who are tuned in on the NSN app, especially those who are traveling this week. Thank you for listening in on the NSN app, no matter where you are. The Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and for iPhone is an amazing way to keep up with all of our programming. That's for sure. And we highly recommend, excuse me, we highly recommend you do so. If you go to Facebook, you'll, uh, you'll see the first one for the first time. I'm referring to the uh, promo. For the Kosher Halftime Show, uh, it is up. Oh, I clicked on the wrong thing. Hang on. It's up on the Nahum Siegel Network page, right? Yeah, go to Nahum Siegel Network. Make sure to like the page. Um, it's official. Seattle Seahawks, New England Patriots, and Soul Farm in the Kosher Halftime Show. Go to Nahum Siegel Network Facebook update page. You'll see the video. Our first very, very, very short promo video for next week's Kosher Halftime Show. Very, very short. Monday morning, JM in the AM. As I mentioned earlier, so many people yesterday learned of the tragic passing of Rabbi David Winniars, Staten Island, New York. Somebody who, uh, quite obviously, we knew this before, uh, all the tributes started pouring in, but from the tributes you could see the impact that he had um, on so many. And um, today, the Leviah, his funeral will take place at 9.30 this morning at the Young Israel of Staten Island. I don't think there are any words to console his family at this point. I will say that his family was a large extended family because as someone pointed out in one of the tributes if there was one thing about Rabbi David Winiars he considered and acted toward every person he knew as a member of his family so he will be missed and uh, the community continues to deal with this with this terrible shock there there were as so many people know yesterday morning and for those listening around the world you may not be aware there were a tremendous number of accidents, especially on the east coast of the United States, due to ice storms yesterday morning. And people falling in terrible car accidents and a lot of pileups in different areas. And unfortunately, he was the victim of one of those ice-related accidents yesterday. J.M. the A.M. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read in Shmos that no man could see his brother, nor could anyone rise from his place. The Chidushe Arim explains that each person could not see his brother. Then he could no longer discern whatever his brother was in need of. He couldn't perceive what his brother was lacking. The Pasuk then continues, he could not rise. They had sunk to such a low state that they could no longer elevate themselves spiritually. The Sefer Ali Shor writes, in a very similar vein, that when a person is steeped in the desires of his heart, 
and he's in the pursuit of fulfilling his own cravings, it's difficult for him to consider what another person is in need of. He's self-absorbed. He's unable to enter the other person's world and put himself in his shoes. The opportunities to do chesed are sometimes transitory. We say in Tehillim, May only goodness and kindness pursue me. May we have the opportunities to do chesed and staka and that they not elude me. One should make every attempt to do acts of chesed with all individuals, the rich and the poor, the wise and the unwise, those who are successful and those who are not. This is as Eliezer, the Evid of Avraham, the servant of Avraham, prayed, Hashem, do kindness with my master Avraham. Rav Chagi said, in the name of Rav Yitzchak, everyone needs chesed, even Avraham Avinu. The opportunities for chesed and staka are many. Sometimes a person is in need of a listening ear or good counsel, or a shidduch. At times one may need physical help or money for food. The Alishur notes that when a person does a maisa chesed, he performs an act of kindness or charity, a spark of Ruach HaKodesh, the Divine Spirit, is generated. There is an added dimension to the individual which brings about a Roma an elevation to his soul. We learn in Ovos to Rabbi Nason, Rabbi Yochanan Zakai was once walking near Shalayim. He was accompanied by Rabbi Yeshua. When he noticed the Mokom Mikdosh, the ruins of the temple, Rabbi Yeshua moaned, Look at this place. It once possessed the virtue to atone for the sins of Klal Yisrael, and now it's destroyed. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai said, My son, don't be sad. We still have other means of kapara, acts of tztok and chesed, like it says in Oshea, for acts of chesed I desired, and not sacrifice. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
the group called Shamayim out of Israel. I believe they're from Tzfat, if I'm not mistaken. Shamayim at 24 minutes before 8 o'clock Monday morning. Martin Luther King Day. A lot of people off. Whether you're off or not, thanks for uh, listening in. If you're tuned in on the NSN app, we thank you as well. Nahum Siegel Network app for uh, Android and iPhone is a phenomenal way to... Excuse me. It's a phenomenal way to tune into our broadcasting, into our programming. Hey, I got a nice note from Moshe Wasserman. Wishes a Mazal Tov to Adam Rosenberg and Hannah Loventhal. There's a V in there. I'm assuming it's Loventhal. Adam is from Portland, Oregon. And I know the Rosenberg family is real, even though they're in Portland, are really into JM and the AM. So thank you and Mazal Tov. And the Loventhals are in Chicago, Illinois. The wedding was last night, and we know of some people who were at the wedding last night in Chicago. So we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Good to celebrate Smachot and share good news with our amazing audience. That's for sure. Erev Rosh Chodesh is tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh um, Shvat will be on Wednesday, Tubi Shvat, two weeks from Wednesday. Cannot wait. Who doesn't love to Bishvat when we actually think the weather's going to change and that we won't have uh, these freezing conditions anymore? Yeah, psychologically, it's very good. <laughs> so that'll be happening two weeks from Wednesday, and we'll commemorate it with our two Bishvat special here at JM in the AM. Cannot wait. 
By the way, when you have the NSN app, you could actually um, you could actually comment on the app. Anything going on during this broadcast, and I would hope that everybody out there would take advantage of that amazing feature. In addition to the amazing feature, where you could actually utilize, if you have our app, you could actually utilize our live stream as an alarm. You could wake up to our live stream no matter when. It doesn't have to be jam and am time. It could be any time. You can wake up to our live stream. Check out the alarm feature on the NSN app. It's a good one. It's one of those good, really cool features, let me tell you. Um, well, some people in our audience are already aware of the fact. Others may not be yet, but the Deer Shoe, and we've had the opportunity over the... Um, over the years, not just to feature the incredible work of Deershoe in general and their big weekends and their Torah projects and they have so much stuff going on. Uh, we've had the opportunity to actually debut music that Deershoe has released, original compositions, and I am told that we're going to have that opportunity again soon. Um, original compositions are going to be released in honor of the upcoming Seum for the first time, the first cycle of the... Um, of the daily learning program of Mishnabura is going to be completed in March for the first time ever since Deershu introduced it seven years ago. And Deershu, in addition to the music and the events and the weekends, a lot of stuff going on in a lot of different cities, by the way, around the world. But in addition to all that, Deershu is preparing for the Seum of the highly successful and popular daily learning program of Mishnabura and the Musrash Forum of the Chavetz Chaim. Um, on the cusp of completing the seven-year program of the entire Mishnabrura, there will be a special mission to Rodden, Poland, on the 12th of Shvat. That's a week from Sunday. More than 15 Gedolim and Poskim and a group of senior members of Dirshu's administration will visit the Chavetz Chaim's Kever, to daven for the success of the Dafyomi project and ask for their uh, prayers to be answered in the schus of the Chavetz Chaim. The Dirshu delegation will place, listen to this, they're actually, they're actually doing this uh, there on the spot in Rodden. The Dirshu delegation Sorry about that. The Deershu delegation will place a Sefer Giborim at the Kever of the Chavetz Chaim, where it will remain in perpetuity. Sefer Giborim contains the names of all current Daf Hayomi Bahalacha learners, as well as any person who accepts upon himself to learn daily Halacha with Daf Hayomi Bahalacha and Musr. You can have your name inscribed for perpetuity in the Sefer Giborim, to join the Daf Hayomi Bahalacha. This is not regular Daf Yomi. This is Daf Yomi Bahalacha with the Mishnah Brewer, the special Dirshu program. To join Daf Yomi Bahalacha or to access a shear near you and have your name placed in the Sefer Giborim, you can call 8885-DIRSHU, extension 106. That's 888-5-DIRSHU, extension 106, or email info at koleldirshu.org. That's info at koleldershu.org. More coming up. This is a Monday morning broadcast at JM in the AM.
second you get it, just join us.
Shlomo Katz, before that, Avremel, or actually Avramulig, to be more accurate, uh, with Rochev Shamayim. You heard Yaakov Shweki and Ru'ubanim to open up that set. Monday morning on this legal holiday, Martin Luther King Day. Tomorrow is Erev Rosh Chodesh. The one-day Rosh Chodesh will be this coming Wednesday. Uh, great programming on our stream all day long at jmtheam.org. Mayor Weingarten coming up at 9 o'clock with a brand-new, fresh edition of The Israel Show. Make sure to like The Israel Show page on Facebook so you can see all the different... Uh, Links that Mayor posts regarding what he discusses on the air and music links, etc. He has another uh, great program today between 9 and 10. Make sure to be tuned in. It is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web at jmtheam.org. It is a great honor to welcome to this studio Rabbi Ephraim Buchwald. Rabbi Ephraim Buchwald, back in 1987, established NJOP. At one time, it was known as the National Jewish Outreach Program. It's now known as NJOP. They have a big dinner coming up in February, and that gives us an opportunity to explore a whole bunch of topics with Rabbi, Rabbi Ephraim Buchwald here at JM in the AM. Rabbi Buchwald, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much, Nachum. I can't believe that I'm here in the gold studios. Oh, my God. <laughs> I listen to your program every single day on the way to shul and the way back from shul. And uh, I'm a big follower of yours. Uh, aside from the fact that I have the connection with Rabbi Yoel Schoenfeld, who is my machutin. That's right. Aside from the fact that I go back... Uh, have roots to the Mizrahi Shul. My father-in-law is Meistein. Right. And my brother-in-law is Mutti Stein and Shimmy Stein. So I'm connected to you in many, many ways. To say the least. And uh, and you knew my late brother very well. That's correct. And in addition God to that, bless. we know each other for close to 40 years. That's probably true. We, Which is unbelievable. And our children went to the same school, Manhattan That's Day School. You knew my son, you did, yeah? That's right. The con- wow. The connections are incredible. Uh, Rabbi Buchwald, it's an honor to have you here, and uh, we're, we're going to take a moment, because you mentioned to me that uh, off the air that you knew him. Um, coincidentally, uh, we're here to discuss uh, Kiruv and uh, Enjap, and uh, yesterday the Jewish community lost Rabbi David Winiars, one of many people out there that are really unsung heroes when it comes to the world of outreach, and he's somebody that you knew. And well, I had the privilege of knowing Rabbi David. And uh, he was an extraordinary, extraordinary person. First of all, he wasn't a professional. He had mm-hmm. a job aside from uh, the Kiruv. Um, he uh, did this all as a volunteer, and he reached many, many people. He was a lovely neshama, and uh, he will be greatly missed. No question about it. Just uh, the community and obviously his family just starting to deal with this tremendous tragedy. His funeral takes place this morning at 9.30 in the morning at the Young Israel of Staten Island. So you have gone ahead, uh, unbeknownst to me, and changed the official name of the National Jewish Outreach Program to NJOP. And the reason you told me off the air is because today, 
Outreach is somewhat of a skeptical word. Explain what you mean. Correct. Outreach implies that you're reaching out to another person so that you can give them of what you have to them. Right. But there's no reciprocation that you don't get anything from them. So to a certain extent, this is a dirty word. Hmm. And that's why we talk about Jewish engagement today rather than outreach. Because that reflects the two-way relationship, so to speak. The give and take. Right. The give and take. And we're dealing with an entirely different type of constituency than we were 20, 30 years ago. And we have to acknowledge that. And that's one of the problems that we have in the evolution of Kiruv today. And that is that um, with the breakdown of, of synagogue life, especially the conservative and reform movement, uh, the young people today no longer have those Jewish experiences that the previous generation had. Every Jewish kid had a bar mitzvah. Right. Every Jewish kid was in a synagogue for right. Hashanah Yom Kippur. Every Jewish kid ate kosher at one point. Today, Jewish kids don't have bar mitzvahs. Jewish kids never learned to read Hebrew. Jewish kids have no connection to Shabbos. Would have no idea what to do if they walked into a synagogue. Absolutely not. And that's why uh, to reach out to them in the conventional ways, let's say like through a, a Shabbat across America or to read Hebrew and invite them to read Hebrew or to invite them for Shabbos experience, they don't have that connection today. The connection today is really through social media. Right. And that's why NJAP has expanded to become one of the Big movers in Jewish social media. We have thousands and thousands of followers. Uh, we have uh, 250,000 impressions a day from the emails that we send back and forth. It's Whoa. like an, incre- an incredible thing. And that's the only way to reach those people. The question is, how do we turn that into tachlis? How do you get them to come into a synagogue? How do you get them to learn Hebrew mm-hmm. eventually? That's the challenge that we're facing today. Is that step any easier? Meaning, because it's so much easier to reach people now, social media, sound bites, you know, some of the things you just suggested, is it then easier to get them from that step into the synagogue, or it's just the opposite? It's much more difficult. No, it's much more difficult because Kiruv, Jewish engagement, really takes place on a personal level, face to face. And it can be done over the web, although you can establish relationships, you can create so-called friends right. <laughs> on Facebook and on Twitter. But if you're not a real friend, but if you're not a real they, friend, they ain't quote unquote following you to show. <laughs> Correct. The amazing thing is that this cohort, this constituency that's following us, is um, about eighty uh, percent of them are between the ages twenty and forty. About eighty percent of them are married. 30% of them have children. Wow. So that means that this is a generation that's seeking connection, mm-hmm. probably because they're establishing families right. and want to raise their children in a Jewish way. Rabbi Ephraim Buchwald is here. So if we go back 40 years and the establishment of the Beginner's Minion, Lincoln Square Synagogue, why did people show up for that? Why, when you announced that there'd be a beginner service and in X number of weeks, you could... <coughs> Excuse me. You can become familiar with what the liturgy is all about and what our tradition is all about. Why'd they go for it then? Well, the story is a fascinating story. Uh, Most people know about the history of Lincoln Square Synagogue, that it eventually became like the magnet to draw people. We had 1,500 people a week coming to classes at Lincoln Square Synagogue. Yeah, and we talk about singles or plenty of marrieds as well. Oh, my God. You had uh, 1,200, 1,300 people coming every single Shabbos. Rabbi Riskin approached me in the early 70s. I came to the synagogue in 1972. And he asked me if I would run the overflow minion. Because once they opened up the new synagogue, which is now the old synagogue, um, it was 
overcrowded the first Shabbos. And people were sitting on the steps, and the fire department came, and they said, you couldn't do that. And he asked me to read an over, uh, to run an overflow service, and I wasn't interested. At that time, I was teaching a class, an introduction to Bible class, or Pasha Seshavua class, on Tuesday mornings. And uh, professional people generally didn't come, but there was one couple that came. His fellow was named Steve Reich, and his girlfriend then, Beryl Corot. Well, Steve Rice turned out to be one of the world's most famous composers today. And today he's an observant Jew with Beryl. And it's an amazing story. And he said to me, if you run a beginner's service where you'll explain the davening, I and Beryl will come. I will come. And that's what happened. And it was me, Beryl Corot, Steve Reich, and another accountant by the name of Steve Reich. Steve the, so, four, the so, four of us. So it was consumer-driven. The four of us. This was the people demanding it. Right. And upstairs was the greatest show uh, with Sherwood Goffin and, right. and, and Shlomo Riskin. Right. And the place was pa- packed. Who was going to come to a beginner service? Who was going to come mm-hmm. to a service where um, we're ta- calling them beginners, a pejorative name to begin with? Well, some people started coming. Some crazy guy came in every other week with a, on roller skates and with a tennis racket and said, how do I know that there's God? And that's, but eventually it caught on and more people came. And then the New York Times got wind of it and did a front page second section story on it on a Saturday. And the rest was history. It was standing room only. We limited it to 15, to 50 people. And over the years, about 15,000 people have gone through the beginner's service over the last 39 years. This is the 39th year that I'm running it. Unbelievable. I've been a beginner's rabbi for 39 years trying to become a real rabbi. One of these days, I'm going to become a real rabbi. What is it like today? Is it similar in number? Is it similar in the type of service that you run? Well, today it's still holding and going strong, which is an amazing thing. You're meeting new people constantly? And new people are coming every single week. Uh, The constituents have changed, primarily because there are beginner services all over the West Side. One of the things that NJOP did was to establish beginner services. So there are are services all over the place, especially Mark Wilds with MJE has created a special place for young people, Mm -hmm. and we're very, very proud of him. So the... The population of the beginner service at Lincoln Square Synagogue is an older one. And I would say about a third of them are people who are studying to be Jewish. Mm. In other words, potential converts. Most of them, not for the reason of marriage. Okay, Very few of them for the sake of marriage. These are Goyim, non-Jews, who have decided that uh, they want to embrace Judaism for one reason or another. Sometimes they have Jewish heritage. And... uh, they are absolutely astounding and amazing and this enriching. Is a, this is a separate topic, a phenomenon that we could discuss uh, for hours, which is why so many people today, because usually historically, an era where Jews are looked upon as, you know, in a very favorable light or, you know, uh, where, where, the obvi- where there is an obvious connection to God, whether it's miracles of the land of Israel, other things that go on, people have an affinity and really want to become Jewish. Why this era has become very similar to that would be an interesting conversation. We've also had like a very special people. Everybody who comes there is a special person. But we have uh, the CEO of Raymore and Flanagan who hmm. comes in from Syracuse like once a month to attend. We have um, the, a guy who has just declared one of the top 50 businessmen in the world um, who uh, – uh, is an, he was the co-president of Morgan Stanley, and now he's uh, establishing a new division of Blackstone. Amazing, amazing person. Hmm. And we have these types of people who come in. Um, they spend uh, a year or two at the beginner service, and they go on uh, living a productive Jewish life, impacting upon the rest of their families and 
Judaism in general. Rabbi Ephraim Buchwald, director of NJOP, a lot of rabbis in your situation would have passed on that Lincoln Square Synagogue Beginner's Minion to concentrate more on the, you know, on, on other things that have developed over the years, because NJOP's become a real force, obviously, and it's a very large operation at this point. Uh, but you have not done that. You feel it's important to be in the, in the bunker, uh, with the grassroots operation every single week. Well, at one point, I approached Rabbi Riskin, and I said, uh, Rabbi Riskin, uh, you have the most successful synagogue in America. But the tragedy of Lincoln Square Synagogue is that there's only one Lincoln Square Synagogue. Mm. Why don't we try to replicate it throughout the country? Right. We've developed these incredible programs, Turn Friday Night into Shabbos, The Beginner's Service, uh, Crash Course in Hebrew Reading. Let's replicate All started at Lincoln Square. All started at Lincoln Square. So let's replicate He says it's a great idea. But I'm moving to Israel. <laughs> that was in 1980. That was 83. Right. He said that, and it took me four years to get the courage to leave full-time employee at Lincoln Square Synagogue and to start the beginner service. I had no experience in fundraising start or NJAP. anything. I start, start correct, and right. start NJAP, National Jewish Outreach Program at that time. And I had no fundraising experience. It was uh, very, very scary. My wife was very brave to go along with <laughs> me, uh, my poor children, and. Um, we hoped that in our first year, that was 1987, that we would reach about 800 people and teach them Hebrew. And we came up with these um, very incredible uh, slogans, and we started 800 numbers, 1-800-44-Hebrew, right. 1-800-44-Torah. Your ads uh, were a big right. attraction. And we had uh, jingles on the radio, right. jingles on the radio. Uh, being Jewish is just right. the beginning. And we ran this jingle for the Hebrew Reading Crash Course throughout the country. And 5,000 people responded. 5,000. And we said, I know we're onto something then. And then we worried, what, would these same people who took the Hebrew reading crash course be interested in something more Jewish? Because Hebrew is just cultural. Right. So we offered them the opportunity to take the crash course in basic Judaism. Five lessons you'll never forget. Belief in God, prayer, Shabbat, Jewish observance, sexuality. And 3,000 people stopped, signed up for that. So we knew we were onto something. Since then, we've taught a quarter of a million people how to read Hebrew. Um, they, thousands have taken the crash course in basic Judaism. Uh, 900,000 have come to the Shabbat experience. We're expecting our one millionth person to turn Friday night, turn Friday night Shabbos on March 13th this year. Uh, it's actually called Shabbat Across America. Right. And um, we've reached about 1.4 million North Americans. That means, in terms of individuals, about 700,000 individuals. 700,000. That's 10% of the North American Jewish community have come, come and had positive, joyous Jewish experiences. And you know what? A lot of these people start going to synagogues. Mm-hmm. They start attending because they feel inadequate when they go in without knowing how to read Hebrew. But now they know how to read Hebrew. They feel firm and 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 uh, they're they're assured of themselves going into the synagogue instead of being embarrassed. Everybody, Ephraim Buchwald is here. A couple of technical questions: Can one, in fact, learn to read Hebrew in five lessons? Absolutely. Really? Hebrew is. Who a, discovered this? That Hebrew, it should be done so quickly. Hebrew is a phonetic language. It's a phonetic language, much easier than than English. And we have an incredible system that was developed by our expert Florence Weiner, hmm. whom you might know, Coach Weiner's. Daughter-in-law, right. remember? Coach sure. Wiener from Highline. Sure. In any case, um, it it teaches you through mnemonic devices. So, for instance, uh, um, the bed has a ball in it. The bed has a vacuum in it. The Ted has a tear in it. The mem has a mound in it. Mm. And through this chart, this incredible chart, um, you can memorize or you can master the Hebrew alphabet in one setting. 
And by the end of the first session, you could be reading Hebrew. By the end of the first session. And the feeling of reading Hebrew, of saying Baruch Atah, or Matovu or Halecha. Yeah, being able to follow along. Is like an incredible thing. The fact that you're able to make a blessing over the Hanukkah candles, or uh, something for the Seder, right. empowers you. Of course. And the fact that you're empowered... Uh, brings you back to the synagogue. Any, any legends among the first Hebrew teachers of the Hebrew course, or nobody else well, I've heard of? There are a lot of legends. We have we have seven thousand volunteer teachers. Seven thousand volunteer teachers, and that is something that we're very very proud of because unless we mobilize the committed community, you can't reach the non-committed. Right. And it's these thousands and thousands of volunteer teachers. Not only that. But NJOP is the only outreach organization, I don't want to say outreach, engagement organization, that is welcomed in non-Orthodox synagogues. Because if you can't get into those non-Orthodox synagogues, you're not reaching... And I'm sure that was a very, uh, how do I put it, a very questionable decision on your part that was met with a lot of reaction when, when, in fact, you first did that. That is a story in and of itself that (laughs) one of these days I'm going to write up. But we were firmly condemned when we first ran Shabbat across America. In a non-Orthodox uh, In non-Orthodox setting. Right? Because in the first couple of years, we only did it in Orthodox settings right. and very uh, traditional conservative settings. Right. But then we needed to go into the non-Orthodox synagogues. How do we do that? Our posek, Reb David Kohn, together with uh, Reb Zelig Epstein, uh, grew up. A guidelines for us how, how to, to go it. into these synagogues and do it. And that made the big difference. The fact that we had these two posts in behind us made an incredible difference. Otherwise, I would have been uh, <laughs> lying out here in Jersey City, you know, <laughs> who knows doing what. <coughs> Excuse me. Rabbi Ephraim Buchwald is here. We will talk about the end job dinner coming up on February the 3rd. Finding this conversation fascinating, frankly. On the basic, um, what do you call it, basic concept of Judaism? What do you call it? Basic Judaism. Basic Judaism. Is that something that, I mean, obviously anybody who I guess um, has, you know, any full yeshiva education could be a volunteer on the Hebrew side. Can thousands of volunteers volunteer for the basic Judaism? And that already you need some experts in order to present that uh, course. Well, we have everything laid out for the teachers. In other words, we even have the jokes and the songs uh, to teach the Hebrew reading. Okay, And anybody who can read Hebrew can teach Hebrew. Of course, a lot has to do with the personality. So, for instance, a lot of people said the reason that beginner service at Lincoln Square Synagogue is successful because Bookwald was leading it. Right. Every Bookwald is leading it. That's not true. Okay, George Rohr the great God George bless Rohr. him. Okay, sure. the God bless him. Great George, beginner's minion. George Rohr at KJ right. has the biggest Beginner service on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, 600 people, 600 people coming, okay? And George, um, I don't want to embarrass him, but he doesn't sing that well, okay? <laughs> but he has a great personality. He is um, he, he spends a lot of time investing in preparing. And he and Rabbi uh, uh, Eli are unbelievable, a team together that uh, have created a great constituency there. And really, it's one of the great showpieces of Jewish engagement today. And just to answer my question about the volunteers for the basic Judaism course, basically what you're saying then is just like a beginner's minion syllabus would be laid out for anybody, uh, for everybody who's familiar with it. Uh, same thing with the basic Judaism course. It would be, it's all there for you. 
we have guidebooks, we have videotapes, right. um, we have uh, CDs. The problem is they can't tell over the same personal funny stories that I tell. Okay, <laughs> so you have to create your own uh, legends and what. But you need to have a background. And anybody who's been in our community for a number of years, they'll have plenty of stories to tell, won't they? Absolutely, that's for sure. By our fine behold this year, the dinner. Is coming up February the 3rd at the New York Hilton in Midtown Manhattan, celebrating 27 years of NJOP. And uh, you are, uh, I don't even know where to start. You've, we have so much information about what's going to be happening that night. Why don't we begin with uh, some of the honorees that are going to be recognized that evening? Well, we have a, a great lineup. Uh, our guest of honor is a woman by the name of Michelle Dome. Mm. Uh, that name might strike a bell for some oh, yeah. people because her father, Sam Dome, is the legendary philanthropist. And the entire family are really extraordinary people. Every one of them. Michelle. Great uh, friends, of, Man- great friends of Manhattan Day Manhattan School. Manhattan Day School, right. absolutely. Uh, uh, Michelle has given herself to so many causes. And she is really an example of young leadership that... Uh, Gets into the driver's seat and doesn't stop until the job is done. And she's going to be receiving the first Ellie and Israel Krakowski Award. Um, Ellie and Israel Krakowski passed away last year, right. and we had a memorial for them at our dinner. And their children, uh, Harry and Lily, have uh, endowed an honor, an award that's going to be given to Michelle at this uh, first at this dinner. Um, also, there are two foundations, extraordinary foundations, the Applebaum Foundation and the Ullendorf Memorial Foundation, uh, friends of NJOP that have been supporting NJOP for many, many years. Um, Lily, uh, Lila Applebaum passed away this year, and uh, the Applebaum Foundation has given away millions to uh, health and Jewish education and Israel and poverty uh, and over the years, and we're offering a tribute to them. Nice and, to see prominent uh, foundations recognize your work. And to the Ullendorf Foundation. Nice. And uh, actually, the Ullendorfs came to the beginner service. Uh, Uli, Henry... They themselves. Yeah, Henry Ullendorf uh, was actually... We taught them We taught him how to make Kiddush, and we have a video of him making Kiddush. He was a German Jew um, who didn't have a religious background. And his wife, Regina, uh, may she be well... Um, continues to be a friend of ours and supporting us. In addition, we have two young leadership awardees, and that's uh, Rachel Gutman, uh, Gutman and Chava Makaba. Um, Rachel is very, very interesting because she's a farmer's daughter, and she's married to a cattle dealer <laughs> in Baltimore. So that's very unusual in the Orthodox Jewish community, <laughs> correct? That, okay. And Chava Makaba and her husband are Irish, Irish Jews who live in Israel. Like the Herzogs. Right, and <laughs> and are in America now because of business. But uh, Chava, before she moved to Israel, uh, came from Ireland to America and found herself in the beginner service. And uh, now she's the mother of two, and uh, she will be given an award. Now, most interesting of all, even though everybody is fascinating, is Rabbi Greg Wall. Oh, one of our favorites. Okay, Rabbi Greg Wall we gotta get him on the air. is a world-renowned uh, woodwind yep. person, okay, saxophone, flute, sure. uh, um, Trumpet, clarinet, uh, clarinet, oh, and clarinet. unbelievable, and he's a very famous uh, jazz player, mm-hmm. and uh, he had little or no background in education, and he took a crash course in Hebrew reading, 
And that started him on the way to becoming a rabbi. On East 6th Street, they called him the Jazz Rabbi. He's still called the Jazz Rabbi. Now he's a rabbi in Westport, Connecticut. That's and, where he is now. Yeah, and he's being honored as the Special Service Award uh, in memory of Leslie Nelkin, who was a person who went to the beginner service and also passed away at a young age, oh, yeah. uh, unfortunately. And uh, also, I just want to mention Colin Sylvia Fryer. Yes. Uh, Sylvia is an incredible supporter of ours. She's and great. They, they give the Young Leadership Award that's going to Rachel Gutman and Chava Makaba. Uh, we should get Rabbi Greg Wall to do a solo the night of February the 3rd. He, he's amazing. He's actually going to be performing. You're serious? Yes, he will be performing at the dinner. He is just fabulous. And I didn't realize he's up in Connecticut. I hope we get him on the air soon. Rabbi Ephraim Buchwald is here. We should mention that Shabbat Across America and Canada, so I guess we could say Shabbat Across North America, will happen on March the 13th. This is when you're going to hit one million participants and what happens? You need synagogues to sign up. You go recruit. How does it work for people to get involved in Shabbat across America? Well, we have um, regional coordinators who call the synagogues and cajole them, <laughs> beg them to sign up. Actually, it's really one of the most uh, popular national programs um, where we get the thirty to 60,000 Jews on a single night to observe Shabbat. Unbelievable. And the amazing thing is that this program... In order to sponsor this program, you have to commit to to sponsoring a Hebrew reading crash course or a basic Judaism crash course. So it's not just that Shabbat experience, right. but also a learning experience is part of it. And um, I'll give you an example. Um, many years ago, we tried to get the largest reform temple in Denver to do this and uh, to do Shabbat across America. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we reached the president of the temple in Denver, and he was game. And we said, you know, one of the requirements is that you have to serve kosher food. So he went out to the kosher store in Denver and got a whole bunch of food. And he's coming into the synagogue on Thursday, and he meets the rabbi. And the rabbi says, what's this? He says, well, we're doing a small Shabbat across America, sponsored with the National Jewish Outreach Program at that time. And the rabbi said, kosher food in my temple over my dead body. <laughs> and he threw the food out. The president quit, joined the local Chabad. Five years later, same rabbi, same temple, 500 people, Shabbat across America, kosher food. Rabbi Twersky from Denver was the guest speaker. And we worked with the temple, and it became one of the most successful programs And ever. in your estimation, the transformation was because? Because we were working with them, not imposing ourselves didn't on them. Didn't give up on them? No, didn't give up on them, and we just... Kept plugging away. So, so March 13th is, I mean, I, again, I don't know how it works. Is it, in terms of uh, shuls, is it sold out by now? Like, is it, do you have your list already and it's all ready to be printed in the paper? Or there's plenty of time um, still. We're in the process now, but I believe we're up to 400 synagogues, 400 synagogues. That's an amazing number in terms of uh, uh, the percentages of synagogues in America. People, the rabbis love it because it brings right. outsiders in and it also brings dormant members in. That's right. the greatest thing about the Hebrew reading crash course, Shabbat Across America. It brings dormant members in who never come to synagogue. Reignites their right? interest. And and that's really um, why it's so popular among the rabbis. All right. So if someone does want to set this up in their synagogue, they can call your office. They can they call 1-844-HEBREW start... right. or 1-888-SHABBAT. Right. Um, either of those numbers will get them to our office, and they can become part of this program. They may not get on the huge list that right. we publish each year. It may be too late for that, but uh, may still be under the wire. Right. And um, it's really a, a fantastic program. 
Um, usually what happens is that there is a somewhat of a beginner's or learner's service first, followed by a Shabbat meal together with a guest speaker. And uh, each synagogue has its own shtick uh, right. in order to attract. Last year, Lincoln Square Synagogue had Paul Schaefer from ah, the... He came? Yeah, from the Letterman Show. Did he speak? Yeah, he davens at Lincoln Square on occasion. So, And he even comes to Daily Minion on occasion, Paul Schaefer. And he was fabulous. He had the people... Uh, he, he, w- he was really... Fabulous. Unbelievable. And um, uh, it's an amazing experience um, for people to experience it. Um, the president of Lincoln Square Synagogue, the president of Lincoln Square Synagogue, is now Lloyd Epstein and his wife, um, uh, Judy Weil. In 1980, when Lincoln Square ran the first turn Friday night into Shabbos, <laughs> it was in June. We uh, were advertising a Shabbat experience for $4. That means a full chicken meal, right, for $4. Everybody in Lincoln Tower signed up. It was sold out, 400 people. I came into the synagogue on Friday before the event, and I see this young man walking out of the shul forlornly. I asked the secretary what's going on. He says, well, it was sold out for weeks, okay? I ran after him, and I said, why don't you come? Don't worry. We'll find you a seat. He says, but I have a girlfriend. I want to bring her, too. I said, bring her. He's now president of the synagogue. His son is one of the top students in the mirror today. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. You have a million stories like this, I'm sure. Yeah. We had this guy who comes in the beginning service, an elderly person, and uh, he sits down in the service, and he, like, falls asleep. And he says, I said, what's your name? And he says, uh, my name is Peter, but call me Chuna. Call me Chuna. I said, Okay. At the end of the service, he says to me, Rabbi, would you mind if I came back next week? I said, I'd love you to come back next. The next week, we had a chillant at the end of the service, mm-hmm. so we had to move next door. And there was a woman at the beginner service who was a former rocket, <laughs> a former rocket. And she comes up to me and she says, who's that man there? I said, his name is Peter, but he wants to be called Chuna. She comes back to me. She says, you don't know who that guy is. That guy is the most significant a musical director on on Broadway. His music is known all over. He's the greatest choreographer. He's like his name is Peter Howard, and he was the musical director of Forty Second Street and Chorus Line and everything. In fact, he was the musical director at Barnum, the Broadway show Barnum. Now, what does the Broadway show Barnum have to do with anything? Well, when we first started the beginning service, there was an actor, three actors from the Broadway show Barnum yeah. came to the beginning service. I know this story. One of them. <laughs> Became Rabbi Riskin's son-in-law. Eddie Jacobs, right. <laughs> who is now Rabbi Riskin's son-in-law right. and is the designer of the Hampton Synagogue. Right. Okay, the Hampton Synagogue. So it was humble. Then later on, we had a world-famous cellist who came to the beginning of service, and she said, oh, I cut a record with Peter Howard. It was like unbelievable. We, we could do this all day, and we have so much more to talk about. Rabbi Ephraim Buchold is here. The dinner is February the 3rd, 1-800-44-HEBREW. Right? That's one of the numbers I'll get you. 1-800-44-HEBREW. By the way, I don't know if this is a sensitive topic or not. Did you enjoy the Shabbos project? Did you have a... Uh... Absolutely. When, when I was in South Africa, I think it was um, in 2006, 2008, I met with Rabbi Goldstein and I said, Rabbi, you have to do this in South Africa. I said, you have to do this. And then when they decided to do the project, we were in constant touch with them. Very nice. And uh, hopefully we were of help to them. They've been of help to us. And uh, uh, the Shabbat program, you know what we say, Lahagdil Torah, Lahadir. So the every- more, the more, everybody's benefiting from this. So everybody's on the Shabbos team. Thank you. Everybody is on the Shabbos team. Uh, a couple of things here. First of all, uh, Jewish treats. What is Jewish treats? 
Well, Jewish Treats is a juicy bit of Judaism daily. Hmm. You can sign up. Go to the NJOP website. That's NJOP.org. And you can sign up to get a message, a brief paragraph or two, every single day during the week about something Jewish. You already have 50,000 followers. We have... 50, we have uh, subscribers, subscribers and 50,000 yeah. followers on uh, on Facebook, uh, on, on, on Twitter, on Twitter, on Twitter and, and uh, uh, all together we have over 50,000 subscribers. And that generates the, uh, the, the, the um, busyness on our website, the impressions that come back all day long. We also have a full-time blogger in Texas. Uh, Suzanne Rosenhaus, who uh, is blogging all day long with people. She's one of the top Jewish bloggers in the country. We have an editor in Canada, Sarah Rachel Hewitt, who writes the Jewish treats and is an incredible writer. We're also publishing e-books. Um, we're, we have to be a step ahead of the technology. And we have consultants in our organization that's always a step ahead. We recognized what was happening in the Jewish world with the decline of the right. conservative reform movements um, years ago. So we were way ahead. And that's why we're so far ahead in the social media today. And uh, again, not to belabor the point, you were a step ahead and on the cutting edge when it came to marketing in the 80s and 90s as well. And that's why everybody was so enamored with the ad campaigns you had and people enjoyed the Jewish spirit that were that were in the print ads and the we, radio ads. We were on the subways. Right. They we were on it. the back people of buses. We were on billboards right. on the Jersey Turnpike. It was like great. It was really great. And I don't but know now now everything is through the internet. It's 100%. really amazing. We know that that's where it's at. Uh so the the treats, the Jewish treats that you could sign up for go to endjob.org includes entertainment news, Jewish historical tidbits, uh, there's a fast day coming up. You'll, you'll remind people to eat before a certain time if they want to get up early to eat. It's, it's a mix of religious, cultural, all different types of uh, uh, information about the Jewish tradition. Everybody loves it, including my wife. <laughs> That's important. That is most important. Information about the dinner, February the 3rd. It's 1-800-44-HEBREW. 1-800-44-HEBREW. NJOP continues to accomplish its mission. Positive, joyous, and Jewish. That's what they want. Everybody around the country, even the world, to uh, really have a great appreciation and think positively about the Jewish people and about uh, exploring more the tradition of the Jewish people. We have we have a variety of headlines, or by Buchwald, a variety of headlines out there, not all of them friendly uh, to the Jewish community, many of which, unfortunately, are self-imposed because of different things that are going on out there. So the more positive we can be and the more of a positive message we can give about our tradition and our heritage to both Jew and non-Jew alike is very, very welcome. Amen. Amen. So there you have it. Thank you so much for having me. A pleasure. End job as strong as ever, it seems. Amen. February 3rd is the night happening at the Hilton in New York City. 1-844-HEBREW for information. Endjob.org will get you all the info as well. And uh, you'll be able to uh, get that information, attend the dinner, uh, help pay tribute to an amazing list of honorees, and support the work of NJOP, which just continues nonstop. And if you're curious about the next Shabbat Across North America, as we'll call it, since it's Shabbat Across America and Canada, it happens on March the 13th. If your synagogue wants to hop aboard, again, contact NJOP. They will do their best to make sure that you'll have what you need to make it a successful event. Rabbi Buchwald, I thank you very much. Thank you. More coming up. It's a Monday edition of JM in the AM.
Yeah. 
6am and the am, rumors started on the uh, comments of the app that uh, our stream was interrupted, but seems to be working fine. So Baruch Hashem, you can listen in to jam the am and all of our great programming. I don't know what happened there with the song switch. Nobody touched anything, and all of a sudden Shlomo Kalbach was on with Samchem after that Jesse Green, Shragi Gestetner combination. JM and the AM at 10 minutes before 9 o'clock Monday. Martin Luther King Day, if you have the day off, enjoy. If you have school, work, etc., thanks for making us part of your regular routine. No matter where, no matter where you are, whether you're on vacation or here in this area, whatever the case may be, make sure to take along the NSN app, the Nahum Siegel Network app for Android or iPhone. So you can have us with you no matter where you are. You can hear Mayor Weingarten at 9 o'clock this morning. He has a great program coming up on the uh, on the stream, jmandtheam.org. On the next edition of the Live Israel Show, uh, he'll speak about the Paris attacks. French Prime Minister regrets not confronting anti-Semitism earlier. You'll hear his convention. The Israel Show will make the case that President Obama... And the American media are employing a dangerous political correctness when discussing the Islamist threat. Hasbara highlights the question, are Israeli settlements the barrier to peace? You won't believe who makes the case, none other than Professor Alan Dershowitz, plus great Israeli music and more. Make sure to like the Israel Show Facebook page and enjoy the program coming up next between 9 and 10 Eastern time on the stream at jmam.org. Want to say hello to those listening in Charlotte. There are listeners in Charlotte. That would be North Carolina, right? I hope I'm right. That would be terrible if I'd make that geographic mistake on the air. Um want to welcome those who are tuned in down there on this Monday morning broadcast. Much appreciated, that's for sure. Um, mostly sunny today with a high temperature of 43. Kosher halftime show has been announced. Many of you have likely uh, seen the first promo already. Three elements to the Super Bowl Sunday uh, programming. One, Seattle Seahawks. Two, New England Patriots. Three, Soul Farm. It's official. They've been announced as the uh, featured act in the uh, Kosher Halftime Show, made available on Super Bowl Sunday. And we'll talk plenty more about it, I guarantee you, between now and then, <laughs> before we get to the big game and we get to the Kosher Halftime Show. And thank you, Soul Farm. Thank you, Soul Farm. Sea Lands Bomb, Noah Solomon and company. Thank you for agreeing to, um, to do the kosher halftime show this year. It's much appreciated. Here's Schleimy Gertner.
Shimon Kramer with Sameach. Want to wish a Mazel Tov to um, Shani and Yishai Seidman, Lower East Side of Manhattan. Yesterday was the bris of their brand new baby boy. Mazel Tov to uh, Shani and Yishai from all of us here at JM in the AM. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. You can see the first promo for the Kosher Halftime Show. If you go to the Nachum Siegel Network page on Facebook, the first promo is up there. Um, 
And I have a feeling there'll be more by the end of the week. Thanks so much for tuning in. My thanks to Ephraim Buchwald. Amazing conversation about Kirub and about Enjop. I thank him very much. Tomorrow morning we're back. We'll start at 6 a.m. Make sure to be tuned in. Mayor Weingarten is next with The Israel Show, a brand new live edition. Worth the listen. And if you can't tune in now, make sure to head to the NSN app and get the archive later on today. Have a fabulous Monday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.